to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for listening while we help to tell the tales of food startups. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce, and I am, of course, in the studio today. Sarah Missoni. She's the best. Sarah, I saw that you went to the fair last week. That's right. Can you tell me the best thing that you ate while you were there? Oh, I'm kind of lame for fair food because I don't eat wheat. And most mm-hmm. things that I really want to eat are mm-hmm. fried, like fried Oreos. So actually, I'll tell you what I did vicariously through my husband, Michael. Mm-hmm. He surprised me and he said, OK, Amy and Sarah, I'm going to buy fried Oreos. And so we went up to the counter and he bought these fried Oreos and he bit into them. And it was sort of like a donut with an Oreo in the middle. It really yeah. wasn't. It, it was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> you, you thought it was going to be super exciting. Yeah. I had like imagined it, like how I would make the fried Oreo. And yeah. actually, I've spent some time thinking about it after that. And I think I would actually change the way that they make fried Oreos. Does that happen for you a lot where you try some food and you're like, mm, I could probably make this better? Totally. <laughs> Lots of times foods are so underwhelming. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. And whenever I go to the fair, I'm always like, I am going to eat something healthy. And then, you know, there's not always a healthy choice to make. And then I'm kind of relieved because I'm like, okay, corn dog it is. I'm pretty happy about it. (laughs) I can tell you what I ate, though. So you know how you can buy those, like, loaves of fried potato, like whirly curly things oh yeah there was a booth there where they were actually sort of like butter flying them so it was sort of like a cross between french fries and potato chips oh and how I, were they i great i got them and i ate them <laughs> perfect <laughs> i needed some butter sauce they only had like ketchup and mustard oh, yeah. um and a little ranch but you know, yeah, I have little fun. tiny two-ounce bottles of sauce you can carry in your I pocket. Should've. That's why I make those. I should have had <laughs> You can That's get them through any thinking. kind of security. Next year, I'll plan ahead. Perfect. Bring me to the fair with you in your okay. purse. <laughs> so for our food news today, uh, this one, um, it comes from me, but my husband, Dirk Marshall, is hosting a food horror movie festival this Ooh, weekend. I saw that. I was yeah. like, how's he pulling that off? It looks like he has, like, pee and advertising and everything. Well, so the food, the festival is called Chomp, and he didn't put the festival together. They oh. just asked him to host it because of his movie podcast. It's called kind VHS. If you guys want to check that out, but yeah, so he's going to be talking about with people about movies. So mm-hmm. that is on Saturday, September seventh. So this weekend from seven to ten at Main. 
Mayfly Bottle Shop. So you can buy tickets on Eventbrite if you want to check it out. And they have a lot of cool local brewers, and um, the Nightwood is making the food. So go check it out and support local filmmakers and the food and beverage folks local. Um, All the movies are done by local filmmakers so they're going to show five short, short, short films yeah whoa that sounds really i think they're fun. all under 18 minutes so and there's a fee to get in or yeah you buy I, I, I didn't look at how much the tickets were but the tickets are on eventbrite so you cool. can check that out so if you're a food entrepreneur and have a press release for us to announce you can submit those at startupradionetwork.com and we can help you spread the word about events new products and awards and now we're ready to introduce our special guest who's sitting here patiently waiting for us to stop chatting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so today in the studio, we have Judy Goodman of Be Good Energy Bars. Welcome, Judy. Thank you so much. It's so good to have you here. Um, I wanted to say, in case our listeners want to follow along, what is your Instagram handle for people to find you? At BeGoodBars.com. Cool. And it's a uh, letter B and the word good and bars. Perfect. So tell us about Be Good Bars. Well, um, let's see. Uh, Start at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I saw on your page that you actually are motivated by um, your activities. So tell us where you're from. All right. Um, Well, I spent, I grew up in uh, Washington State in Yakima Mm -hmm. um, and moved to um, Idaho where I uh, had a full career as a fisheries research biologist. Oh, and, um, of course, I did spend a lot of time out in the field um, during those years conducting spotting ground surveys, and and I was also a hunter at one time in my oh. life. And so, you know, I wanted to take along, you know, healthy handheld snacks. I used to make my own energy bars. Oh. And um, as the story goes, uh, in 1984, on a break from graduate school, I went hiking in the Eagle Cap Wilderness, mm-hmm. and I took along some homemade energy bars on that trip. And I still remember the friends that I went with, they were like, wow, you know, um, these would be really good for breakfast. Oh. And I never even considered, uh, you know, a breakfast bar like that yeah. at that time. I'm not sure when. You were, the 80s was like a big kind of like bars weren't cool yet. So you right. were kind of ahead of your time, I think. Nice job. This was, a, <laughs> this was actually a recipe that came out of the, um, do you remember the? Sunday Parade magazine. It was yeah. like an insert. Yeah, I loved the Parade magazine. And they were called Backpacker Super Bars. Oh. And so I made those for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I moved to Joseph, Oregon, uh, and I was trained as a chocolatier at oh. Arrowhead Chocolates. Oh. And uh, it was there one day, um, one of the owners said to me, we should really have some energy bars because people are coming here to backpack in the largest wilderness in Oregon. So just, um, I didn't want to use the same recipe. I wanted to use something that we, the ingredients we already had in the chocolate shop, which were really quality nuts and seeds and dried fruits, um, chocolate, of course, Mm. and honey. So using those ingredients and my kind of knowledge now as a chocolatier, I created my own process Mm. to, um, I invented four of the, four of the recipes there. And, um, and they were quite popular and people would just buy them and, you know, at the shop, we didn't sell them online or anything. Mm -hmm. That was in 2011 and 2012. And, um, one day I left the chocolate shop to go to another job and the owner came to me about six months later and she said, no one 
no one wants to uh, make these energy bars. She said, but people are asking for them. If you made them, we would buy them from you. Oh. So I went to, the next step, I went to a um, small business advisor, and we talked about the idea, and then I borrowed a commercial kitchen and tried to, and tested the product and, you know, figured out how much time and, um, you know, just kind of got my technique down and... Uh, Did you have a lot of waste when you were sort of getting started or was were you already so good at it that you just like hit the ground running and everything was perfect? Yeah, I already had um, I didn't have any waste. And yeah, Um, but I did refine my process over the last six years now that I've been running Be Good Bars. That's a long time. Does yeah. the chocolate shop still buy bars from you? Yes. That's so cool. Are they, your, are they the, your biggest customer? No. No. <laughs> oh. But they are right across the street, so it's oh. great. I, they call an order, and I just walk it over, which that's is really nice. <laughs> that's yeah. a super easy delivery. The yeah. distribution yeah. is awesome. So yeah. you said that you live in Joseph, Oregon. And just for our listeners, can you describe where Joseph is and what it's like to live in that community? Okay. Yeah, Joseph, Oregon is in uh, located in the very northeastern corner of Oregon. We can actually see Idaho from there. Um, we can see the Seven Devil Mountains. And it's named after Chief, right? Yes, Chief Joseph. Yeah, and I, I went there and I swam in the lake one time. Yeah, we camped at the lake. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. And I feel like I mention it to people a lot and they're like, where is Joseph, Oregon? Right. When, you know? Yeah, when we went there, we brought like carrots because we heard there were deer, deer. in the campgrounds. Yeah. And so at night we would like, our daughter would arrange the carrots in the, you know, in our campsite and then we'd see in the morning had they been eaten and of they're so they used were. to people that you can just walk up and touch them yeah and you can feed them it's kind of crazy yeah yeah well we also have wild animals in- yeah <laughs> <laughs> judy's looking at us like you two are like, city girls yes. <laughs> no i've i've actually been stalked by a mountain lion what um, Right at my house. He wanted your bars. What did you do? Did you run? I never knew the mountain lion was there. Oh. Uh, um, But my dog uh, saw the mountain lion, and so did my husband. And luckily, he didn't yell at me because I would have probably run. And And then he would have chased you. Yeah. And so the the dog chased the mountain lion, and I felt it hit the ground behind me as it started to run. So it was that close. Whoa. Yeah. That's a spooky movie right there. All we ever have in our backyard are squirrels, and I'm pretty intimidated by those. Yeah, possums, squirrels, you know. (laughs) Or I I could tell you about the bear that was in my greenhouse this summer. Tell us about the bear. The bear was very smart. It opened the door to the greenhouse. I've seen videos Mm -hmm. of bears opening car doors and like going in and grabbing Mm -hmm. the Subway sandwich or whatever sitting there. It was like that. It didn't like the neem meal that we had, though. Uh, Yeah, it kind of tossed it. That's funny. And the old can of coffee. But it didn't do any other damage, so. It was a polite yeah. bear. Yeah. <laughs> we camped one time, and they had those things that you put your food in, you know, like, yeah. a, like a little wood you raise it up in the tree? Yeah. Well, no, it was just like, it had a little, like, twisty lock, but the bears got into it. They can mm. twist it off and get oh in there. Gosh. So smart. So smart. So smart, those bears. But if you see a bear... You're supposed to not run, right? right. You stand up and you <laughs> show it like a bear. Boss. <laughs> it's more like they say, uh, um, was it uh, brown lie down, black fight back? 
Oh, oh. So, good tip. Yeah. Let's keep that, <laughs> keep that in mind for our next trip to <laughs> Jake's <laughs> <visit you. laughs> so, Moving on from theirs. It's, no, it's a beautiful place, uh, Joseph, but it's not on the way to anywhere. You're yeah. right. It's 80 it's a, miles from the Grand, um, but it is... Uh, right at the base of the largest wilderness in Oregon. The mountains and, are, what are they called? The Steens Mountains? Or, no, no, Steens are a little more east and oh, south. Oh. Um, these are the Wallawa Mountains. Oh, the Wallawas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so beautiful. So if our listeners haven't heard of it or seen it, look it up and go visit. It's a yeah. wonderful place. Yeah. You can do all kinds of things like backpacking, which I'm sure your bars are wonderful for. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what got you started in the first place? Absolutely. And is that yeah. why you moved to Joseph? Because you like the... Mountains and uh, it's interesting because I was there in 1984 on uh, my first backpacking trip. And then, you know, I had went off, finished school, you know, had a full career in Idaho. And um, it was interesting move, moving back there. And so my one of my lines is the bar is back. The right? bar is back. And it's changed a little bit just like I have, but mm-hmm. it's better than ever. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Speaking of change, you mentioned that you're going to go through a rebranding. And we like to talk about that because that's something that happens sometimes with food businesses. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. um, So, well, actually, the name Be Good, uh, my my daughter Maddie um, came up with the name as she was heading off to uh, travel abroad. And um, I was just like, literally, she's walking out the door, and I said, we've got to name this company something, and what are we going to call it? And she said, be good. Be happy, be healthy, be good. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> but be good is also my husband's nickname. So um, that made, you know, that made it just really stick. That's special. And you can name something after someone mm-hmm. super cool and yeah. important. But unfortunately, um, someone else has taken that name, and when we tried to trademark the name Be Good, um, it was contested by this company. And so uh, I was advised to just make something up. Yeah. And it took me a couple of years. I mean, we've kind of been stretching this out, and we've been really fortunate that, you know, I guess we haven't been sued. But um, we are in the process now. We have a trademark name, and uh, the new name is Your, spelled J-O-R, Ooh. with an umlaut over the O. Sounds very Scandinavian. Kind of Scandinavian. Your is actually uh, an old Norse word for earth. So Viking, kind of. Mm-hmm. Nice. And Or it can mean Joseph Oregon. Ah, <laughs> That's, That's perfect. Cool. <laughs> Double <laughs> meaning. But now um, our new tagline is we want to fuel your adventure. Oh, oh I like it. Clever. I like yeah. that a lot, too. So um, we were re- really lucky. I uh, passed all of the, you know, screen testing with the USPTO office. And we got our trademark this summer. And we are now in the process of... Rebranding. Did you do your trademarking yourself, or did you hire an attorney to handle that for you? Um, I because you can do it yourself. Yes, you can. Um, You know, I was advised that uh, there's some you know loopholes and things you might not be 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 prepared for. That an attorney is the best way to go. Our first time around with Be Good wasn't so good um, because that name ended up being contested. Yeah. and it was interesting because there was just the only thing that like we didn't pick up on was the other company uh, had a dot, like B dot good. Oh. And so um, that didn't show up in our original trademark search. Interesting. I know. It was a bummer. Um, but uh, 
I was fortunate last fall. I was in a pitch competition in, oh. in, in Idaho. Okay. And one of the perks of being a finalist in this pitch competition was to meet with a trademark attorney. Oh, oh cool. wonderful. So I really lucked out second time around. What These, is that pitch competition called? Um, it's, uh, it's called the Boise Trailhead and Albertsons. Um, uh, it's during their Boise Startup Week. Nice. And... I believe they they do it every year. They this is the, only the second year, um, and so last year there were forty applicants. I made it in the top five. Do finals. you have to be in a region, or can you show up from Portland to get? You can it? show up from Portland. It's a Northwest, um, oh. so you don't have to be from Idaho. So Albertsons is the big sponsor. Albertsons, and actually this year now Chobani. And so one of the uh-huh. so one of the perks last year was to meet with a trademark attorney, which I totally took advantage of, and really worked out well for me. Um, I'm so grateful. And this year they've partnered also with Chobani, and uh, one of the perks, if you're a finalist, is to be in one of their workshops in the Twin Falls area. Wow, that's super cool. Yeah, Chobani and there's also is really a, benevolent. Okay. And there's also a nice purse. There's a, this year it's a $20,000 prize and placement on two Albertsons uh, Market Street stores. So do you only get to do it once, though? N- um, not necessarily. I did apply this year. I didn't make the finalists. Um, I did uh, was invited to showcase my product. Um, one of the reasons is I have been approved for the Albertsons Market Street stores as a oh, vendor. Oh, so you're already going in. Yeah. They just haven't placed their order yet. We're waiting. Mm. Come, Come on, on Albertsons. Come Albertsons. On. <laughs> <laughs> Submit that order. <laughs> so that could be why. And there's other, also there's other lots of great um, products. This is what has amazed me about this whole process um, is how many small startups, really quality food and people that are out there introducing new items all the time. Every day. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. And now a word from our sponsor. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. Tell us about your fundraising efforts. You had mentioned there was a purse for uh, the person who did win that competition. Have you had any um, success raising funds for your business? Um, Yes, actually. Well, when I started, which I think is really common, I had friends and family that loaned me some money. Ah. And um, we've been able to pay some of that back. And uh, that was on the first year, really. Just buying, I mean, I started, literally, I started with three half sheet pans that I borrowed from a friend. Nice. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Right. I used to make my sauces in a crock pot on the <laughs> stove, and then I, I like kept buying more crock pots. And once I had like six lined up on the counter, I was like, okay, I think it's time to move this out of my house. There's a lot of stories like that. The um, There's a ravioli company down in Eugene started with equipment that they bought at Goodwill with their food stamp dollars. Oh, whoa. Smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're really serious, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I went through, um, well, I took a business class through the Northeast Oregon Economic Development District in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I was a free business class, a 10-week course, and I took that. And um, so I wrote a business plan, 
And, you know, I was, used to be a fish biologist before. So this is like all very new to me. Yes. Um, so it was a good place to start. And through that um, class, I learned there's a IDA, an independent development account mm. um, process you can go to and apply for. Um, it's a statewide program. It's a matching funds one. Yes. Nice. And so you raise $3,000 over three I'm sorry, you save $3,000 over a three-year period, and CASA of Oregon will match that three to one. So you end up with $9,000 tax-free um, to use um, for your business. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's super cool. We, we had that Corps. through Mercy Corps, yeah, Mercy too, Corps here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can you can take their IDA classes, and then mm-hmm. you, can, you can do it. I didn't do it, but I know a lot of people who have. People. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look into IDA programs if you're trying to fund your startup. Yeah, it was a good experience Yeah, for sure. And then, in, um, well, in 2015, uh, Oregon uh, legislature passed an exemption law that allows um, – Oregon businesses to raise funds from Oregon residents. And oh. it's called the Oregon Interstate Offering. And what I did was a community public offering. And a lot of um, businesses will uh, do it as shares. And I decided to do mine as a promissory note. So um, it allows the local business to um, solicit publicly to Oregon residents to raise the money up to $250,000. Whoa. And so my raise was not that much. Um, I only raised $20,000, but a quarter of my investors are in from Wallowa County. So That's I wonderful. see my investors at the grocery store and, you know, um, on the street and I can call them and borrow things from them. One of my investors just gifted me a very nice convection oven. What? That's so yeah. Cool. So this is very, this is just last week. So congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. So, so all of those things have been very helpful, and um, again, all really good experiences. I should mention that I went through the, um, the for the community public offering. I went through an accelerated program that Hatch Oregon offered, mm. and um, they actually came out to Northeast Oregon, and I was able. We did some of it remotely um, by. I guess it was Skype, probably. But um, I was able to go through that program. It was almost... It was was hard writing that prospectus. It was almost like writing a thesis again. But we did it. Yeah. (laughs) Nice job. That's That's one thing I like to mention about that. When people start talking about businesses and growing and why you keep needing funds, Mm -hmm. um, and you can maybe have some information about this, but um, people don't always understand when you have a small business that you you need money kind of to start. So usually that is from friends and family or a common thing we've heard our guests come in and talk about is um, getting... um, cashing out their 401k something like that like you or whatever savings you have from your big old job and then once you do that you get going but then every time that you take these next steps you need more money so if you are going into a bunch of wholesale accounts or you're starting to be distributed nationally or you're changing your packaging yes every single time that happens you need a big chunk of money because you have to either get new equipment or you have to hire some help and Buy get employees. You have to buy a big amount of ingredients at one time. Mm-hmm. And so I just w- want maybe you to talk about that a little bit because people don't always understand why when you have a business and you have a successful mm-hmm. business, why you keep needing to do these kind of fundraising or get investments or things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, some things I have to buy in large quantity, like the chocolate, for instance. Yeah. Do you buy it by the pallet? 
Not yet. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> but I do buy it by 50-pound uh, boxes. Nice. And so I try to keep, you know, three or 400 pounds of chocolate on hand. Luckily, the chocolate shop on occasion will have, you know, some surplus chocolate. I can bum off of them. Huh. But I can only get this chocolate in Salt Lake. And um, I've heard there's a place in, in Spokane, but I haven't checked them so out yet. So a special chocolate that you've picked. Well, it's Guitard, um, oh. dark chocolate, but to buy it in that kind of quantity. And they mm-hmm. don't ship in the summer. Right. So you have to plan ahead. Right. Yeah. And then where do you store it once you get it? Do you have to store it in like a cold storage or do you just, can it be out? Well, um, you probably don't want it just out. It's best to store it between 60 and 72 degrees. And I actually have a, um, a really great root cellar. Oh, oh, perfect. So I store it in my home, in my cellar, up on, you know, blocks. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's away from, you know, rodents and any kind of other whatever, if the basement Spoots. flooded, <laughs> which has happened. Um, but uh, anyway, I keep a certain amount at the kitchen, and it's easy to haul, um, you know, to my kitchen's eight miles away. It's The kitchen's actually in downtown Joseph. Mm-hmm. I have a commercial kitchen there. And Can people sh- stop by? Oh, sorry. Okay. Can people stop by? <laughs> Um, not really. <laughs> not really. That was a look of no. Yeah. <laughs> I have signs on my door. Employees only. Oh. Um, because uh, it used to be a bakery. And so in the beginning, I did have a lot of people stopping in wanting to you know, buy something. But mm-hmm. um, it's just a commercial kitchen where I create the product. Okay. Are you there um, by yourself or do you share it with other companies? No, I'm there by myself. Cool. Um, starting out, I did share a kitchen. And that was, um, you know, just juggling the space was not... Uh, well, it just wasn't always working right. So yeah. it's better to have my own space now, but I'm, where I'm located, I'm right next to the post office. Mm-hmm. UPS will come and pick up or deliver, and my ingredients get delivered once a month right to the back door. Nice. So great. I feel really fortunate there. That's cool. Super cool. Yeah. So you have a very shiny metal hanging around your neck. Can oh, you tell us about it? Yes. <laughs> it is shiny. So um, in January, we won a good food award uh, for the, our Congratulations. Cran- thank you for our cranberry hemp bar. And um, I had learned about the Good Food Foundation when I worked at Arrowhead Chocolates because they have won a few awards for their confections. And uh, the so in 2016, actually, I became a member of the Good Food Mer- Mercantile. Oh. And um, to do that, you have to sh- demonstrate that your ingredients that you use are um, sustainably sourced, uh, no preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors. Um, and uh, that's primarily the vetting that goes on just to become a member. Mm-hmm. Um, to actually win an award, um, you submit your up to three items, uh, which I did submit three bars again for this year's con- contest. And then they go through a blind taste test. And um, if you're selected as, uh, as a finalist, um, you have to show proof. You have to provide documentation that um, and beyond the no artificial colors or flavors or preservatives that there's been no um, artificial pesticides or fertilizers and that your items are made with non-GMO nice. products. Actually, I'm going to be in San Francisco in a couple of weeks and I'm judging food awards. Oh, but not the chocolate. <laughs> Darn it. I'm judge the chocolate. Well, but I'm judging the preserves this year. Okay. Yeah. Very That's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, one of the other things is that um, I had tried to enter my energy bars 
as a candy bar Oh, because they didn't have any other categories. And I lucked out last year. They created a snack category. Nice. Um, so I submitted the bars, and I'm going to just say it here right now. We are the first energy bar to ever win a Good Food Award. Congratulations. That's so cool. Yay. Thank you. Yay. That is a big deal. <laughs> I saw you have a little sticker on one of your packages. I'm wondering if we should try that bar. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's taste some bars. <laughs> so tell us how many flavors you have while we're getting in here. Mm-hmm. All right. There's six flavors. Um, they're all gluten-free. Uh, the number you'll notice on the packaging, the the number of ingredients is listed oh, in the upper right-hand corner. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. And so you have these great little boxes. Is this actually how you sell them, or this is just how you... Maybe this is a gift pack? Or? This is kind of a gift pack. Cool. I call it a six-pack sampler. Um, so if somebody, you know, is interested, for instance, in buying the bars, they... Um, uh, you send these out to like buyers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. wrapped very it's carefully. Nice. Each one has its own beautiful printed sleeve and then it's in a nice little cello bag. They're so great. So you were talking a little bit about before we went on air about changing to more sustainable packaging. What are you what are your thoughts on packaging? Well, um, since you're an environmentalist. <laughs> yeah. Well, the nice thing about the package you're opening right now, the bar is, you know, bagged in a um, cellophane bag. Which now um, Safeway stores, mm-hmm. Safeway stores uh, <laughs> will, reci- in there. will recycle that oh, that little packaging, and then the outer sleeve again is uh, kind of a cardstock sleeve. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is you can um, use it it's for so a good. bookmark. Uh, you can use it to oh, write bookmark. your your grocery list on. Um, That's what my mom used to do. She would take it. the labels <laughs> off of cans and, and you hang them on the wall in the kitchen, grab one, and write her grocery list on. And it. if you notice on the side. There's also um, some inspirational quotes, and I have those on each of the bars on the, on the oh. side, the other side. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's nice. So, are you, Sarah? Yeah. Did you try the cranberry hemp? Yeah, I believe so, much trouble would be saved if we opened our heart more. That's oh, that's what a it good one. Chief Joseph quote. So we're trying that's the Good, good. Food Award bar. This is the cranberry hemp bar. Sarah, you've had these before, right? Every chance I get. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about living um, at the end of the road is mm. uh, sometimes I don't get all of the ingredients I order Super each month. Fresh. One year I did, or one month I did not get my almond butter. So, so what'd you do? I made it. Oh, and so smart. I have been making the almond butter fresh. Uh, so a house made almond butter and all of uh, four of the energy bars that That's you're tasting. Great. These are really beautiful. So the, just to describe how they look. So the bars like are kind hard. of like surrounded by chocolate on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then they're filled on the inside. And then there's these beautifully laid like pieces of cranberry on the top. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're made by hand and with care. So, so nice. Good job with that. I love it. And they're delicious. Thank you. I like the cranberry hemp. What's your favorite flavor? Well, mine is the peanut ginger bar. Mm. And it has been my favorite for like six years. <laughs> Whoa. So I have a hard time kind of breaking away from that one. It has seven grams of protein. Um, they're not too sweet. It totally satisfies me if I get to work and haven't had breakfast. I need a quick snack. But I also have favorites during throughout the day. So the espresso date nut bar. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the my, one I was looking at. That's my afternoon pick-me-up, and it is my top-selling bar. Do you bar. eat them every day? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard when you're around really de- delicious food, but sometimes I think you have to, like, take a break. That's what oh, I totally. always like to ask the makers when they come in is if you still, because you've been doing this for a while now, if you still eat your own product. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah sometimes um, certain things you get, like, 
fatigued. If, yeah, or if you just make it all the time. Like, I never eat our barbecue sauce because I smell like it all the time. Uh, and so oh. it's just, like, too much, you know? Maybe you just need a barbecue <laughs> sauce perfume. I know, right? <laughs> well, um, so we should get back to this packaging. Yeah, oh, yeah, new packaging. about packaging. the yo bar. So, um, so what you just tried was the original uh, Be Good Bar Artisan Chocolate mm-hmm. Bar. And um, for the past four years, I've been been selling energy bars to our local rafting company Mm. but one problem they have because they go into hills canyon it's really hot there they said you know the chocolate kind of melts on the outside and that's obviously a a problem Mm. um for some people so i said well no problem i'll just um i just won't dip them in chocolate and so we've been beta testing this product for four years now with our winding waters river expeditions and um i just have been I don't know. I just have wanted to do this for so long. And um, this year, one of the companies that I buy my packaging from, uh, they came out with a 100% compostable packaging. So it's plant-based material. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got these packages, pouches printed about two weeks ago with a soy-based ink. It's and surrounded in chia seeds. Yeah, that's the, that's the matcha blueberry. So these are these are basically the same flavors as some of the blueberry bars. We've switched up the names for this Yum. particular bar, and we're calling it a ration because oh, it's not oh the yeah. full thing. It oh. still has chocolate, but the chocolate's on the inside and not on the outside, so it's not messy. So these, even just when you see these, I mean, you think they would be great to throw in a pack and mm-hmm. take on any kind of trip, rafting, hiking, anything like that. So this one that I have here is called Sesame Peanut, mm-hmm. and it's kind of nice because you can just pull it open. It's very easy to get into if you're like have to eat on the go, which I always do. So this one's covered in sesame seeds. Can Super you tell cute. us, like, do you have, like, do you do re- market research? Have you figured out, like, okay, there's this many mm. million dollars of bars being sold and I want this percentage? Have you ever thought about your business that way? Yeah, I've looked at some of those figures. And, yeah. um, ah. Not I so think, much? Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm still just making these myself. I can't really even fathom, um, if you had if you had <laughs> the opportunity to work with a big company, who do you think like if if you had a big company that came in and wanted to work with you and you kind of had the feeling it might work out, who do you think it might be? Do um, you have some dreams about that? <laughs> well, I have some uh, favorite products, you know, that I like out there. Um, do you want me to actually say? Yeah. Who, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've been really um, inspired by Sahali Snacks. Oh, up in Seattle. Of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually don't really like their energy bars. Oh. <laughs> so I think they could do better. Mm. And they could do better with this bar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but I like their philosophy and uh, I don't know, and their background and the way they started kind They've of aligns with Have you ever reached out to them? No. Not yet. Yeah. I've probably written a few reviews on their trail mixes and stuff, which are pretty good. Oh, you have? Okay. What about the chocolate company that you use, Guitar? They're down in California. Have you ever reached out to them? No. Never thought, even thought about it. I always thought that maybe you were using Guitar, but I'd never actually uh-huh. asked you. It's actually one of my favorite chocolates. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of chocolate tasting, and that one always comes out on top. So Thank you. It's good quality. job. It's so yummy. Yeah. Delicious. It's delicious. I really like this sesame peanut 
bar because you know what it reminds me of is something that I never eat anymore because I know it's really terrible. But when I was a kid, they had those little sesame candies. Oh, those and, are so good. And it's just, I think it's just corn syrup and no, sesame it's seeds. honey or dextrose. Yeah, is it? it's honey, actually. Maybe I can go back to eating yeah, this. But this can. reminds me of that. It's so good, but the, it has the peanuts in there, so you get a good source of protein and stuff. I love that. That's a great one. Yeah. So, Judy, do you... I know this year I'm trying to have you come to San Francisco to the Fancy Food Show. Are you you committed? Are you going to go to the Fancy Food Show in January? Oh, um, well, I haven't actually considered it yet. You haven't? um, Because the, uh, well, the Good Food Awards, they are uh, either right during or the day before the Fancy Food Show. That's what I remember from last year. They are. And so I probably have to see, you know, how we do um, this year with the Good Food Awards. Because if you win a good food award, you go to the mercantile. Right. right? You go there to um, to receive your award. Yeah. Which was amazing. Do people ever yeah. do both things? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yeah. A I lot of times even... vendors can can be in both events. Sometimes I really it's... think you should join us in okay. the booth. <laughs> well, Don't thank worry you. about the good food awards. <laughs> <laughs> both things can happen. You know, it's so hard to know about all of these things. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. And I'm so isolated in, you know, out Well, there now in that Oregon. you've kind of been involved a little bit with Chobani, you should be happy to know that our booth is usually located right across the aisle from the Chobani booth in the Incubator Village. All right. And it's really great opportunity for folks to sort of maybe get that one big account that you're looking for. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you. We'll consider it for yeah. sure. Love to have yeah. you. Okay. Super cool. Um, what else can we tell people about that you have going on? I know it's the time that everybody's figuring out what they're doing for holiday events. Is that on your mind right now? Uh, yeah, actually, we just, um, I just uh, signed up for the um, Oregon Entrepreneurial Network holiday marketplace and they're partnering with market of choice and it'll be in the red building from noon to six on december 7th it's a saturday nice cool so you'll be back in portland for that yes awesome yeah yeah the food innovation center has their holiday bazaar on the 12th i think okay we always like to tell people where to buy directly from the makers so if you're Mm -hmm. listening locally in portland you can come by from her on december 7th that's right. right What a great opportunity. And can I also mention that um, right after this show, I will be doing a demo at New Seasons Market Slabtown on Northwest Raleigh Street. Oh, wonderful. From 11 to 1 o'clock today. Oh, cool. Oh, so today. You can go today. try it today. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just follow you over there and get some more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You guys will both be headed to Northwest. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. And I noticed on your um, website you have a blog. Can you tell us about what kind of stuff you put on there? Sure. Um well, the, I think the very first post I talked about be good bars, and after that, I just I just have so many stories and life experiences that I wanted to share with people, and it's not just about the be good bars, but it's about kind of my lifestyle and um, philosophy and how I've lived, and so I call it the mountain living blog. Oh, because I've spent a lot of time now living in the mountains and in central Idaho. We I raised my daughter on a ranch. Uh, we were snowed in in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had wolf packs uh, just dinning, you know, a mile from the ranch, and we saw lots of wildlife, and it was just an amazing experience. And then we moved to um, to northeast Oregon to another set of beautiful mountains, and so I like to fall back on uh, my experiences growing up, um, 
with my grandmother, my mother, um, things I've done with my daughter, all things about, you know, canning and growing a garden and those kinds of things that are kind of really, really um, important to me. That's cool. That's what I thought was really cool is that um, sometimes food businesses blogs are just about their product, you know, but yours really had a lot of awesome information. So if you want to check it out, Mountain Living, it's on the um, website, but it's really cool because it gives you all kinds of tips for sort of like <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder's. Yeah. Oh, Good stories. Okay. <laughs> Good mountain stories. Retro. That's cool. Well, with our rebranding, we are working on a video. Mm. And uh, so you'll get to hear a little bit more about that. And um, if the video uh, comes out, uh, it'll be part of our landing page on the new web, the new Your Energy Bar website. Do you That's have cool. a goal for when you want to have it all switched over? Yeah, I'm shooting for January 2020. Um, it could happen before then, but it is... You know, financially, like you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to come up with new labels and have mm-hmm. a designer and I've got to reshoot all the product with the new with the new brand. And I'm just decided I'm not going to try to rush it. Um, we're just taking our time, but I'm starting to introduce the idea to our customers because that's also scary. Yeah. You know, will people recognize the new brand and realize that it's really the same thing? Mm. So um, can you be good in your tagline? I, I could. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I uh, actually, the company is still Be Good Bars LLC. Oh, okay. So that will still be on a common back. thing on the back. Nice. We can still use the image of the mountains and river that are on the front of the bars. Yeah. That's a trademark logo. It's some of my original artwork. And actually, the artwork on these New York bar rations, this is all of my original artwork. I used to be a science illustrator. Oh. So it was you really did all these? Yeah. I you love superstar. Oh, my goodness. There's a hummingbird on the one I picked. That's why I picked it. I love hummingbirds. Yeah, I like the mountain cherry has a mountain goat. It's very cute. Yeah, thank you. Very cool. I like that you did all your own artwork. We don't see that very often. Usually people either hire someone or just kind of have a general one, but it's cool that it's original pieces. That's really nice. Yeah. And so uh, just so listeners don't get confused, for now when they're looking for your product, it's Be Good, right? Correct. Be Good Mm -hmm. Bars. And then in the future... It'll, It'll be, be your, your bars. Your bars. Mm-hmm. Which I actually like that because it's your and it's your. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't, we want to be able to send people to you. So I don't want them to get confused. Well, eventually that's all part of it too is, you know, if, pe- if people go to the website, when we get the new one set up, they'll be de- redirected to that. Um, hopefully it'll be a smooth process. Here's a great but, question. Yeah. If you had your choice of a celebrity to represent your product, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Daniel Boone? (laughs) (laughs) I guess he's a legend. (laughs) Paul Bunyan? (laughs) Who would it be? Oh, one of the Beatles. Oh, one of the Beatles. (laughs) Maybe George. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. They can be passed, right? Yeah. We can revive them. (laughs) Sarah makes up the rules, so it's whatever whatever you want, I think, really. Let's see. I think uh, we should talk a little bit about the idea of... How do you bring a product to the Portland area when you're living in the eastern Oregon region? Because you're totally rural. We have a lot of rural folks around the state that are producing food products, and there's some real challenges with distribution. What have you found? I, You mentioned that you use the U.S. Mail and FedEx, but what if somebody orders, like, a pallet of your product? What do you do? Well, um, uh, 
Unfortunately, no one has done that yet. No one's done it yet. <laughs> okay. Um, I would probably drive it to mm-hmm. Portland myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we've had some big orders, uh, mm-hmm. and so far we have used you know, UPS for most of those. Okay. Um, like uh, Get Karen in Bend. Um, in, I think in 2016, we did a fairly large order for them. We're getting ready to do another one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of working out the details now. With this new, with the new uh, ration, mm. um, but uh, to get the product out, some of the stores have got local uh, programs like um, New Seasons has their local finds. Okay, I think um, Market of Choice actually found me. Uh, oh. I came and attended a Good Food uh, Merchants Guild that was right here in Portland, mm. like two years, a couple of years ago. Years yeah, ago. I remember that. They usually over only, by Olympia Provisions. Yep, they usually only hold those events in. San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. Yeah, Sarah actually from Good Food Awards moved to Portland. Oh. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll see more Good Food Awards stuff happening here in our fair city. So sometimes it's hard to, you you have to pick and choose how to spend your money Mm because sometimes these things do cost and where to put your money and, um, and that kind of thing. So, uh, in that, in that case that, that worked out really well, um, for uh, market of choice to actually come and find us. Sometimes these things take time, five mm-hmm. to seven months, mm-hmm. um, you know, or more to finally get through the whole vendor application. And then they have to, the store has to find placement on their shelves. So is, again, it's just trying to find those events and when to go and when to show up and where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, you know. So you deliver to yeah. the main market of choice downtown Portland, and then they distribute for you, or how do you do it? Do you go I Eugene? Sit, no, I go straight to the store. Oh, direct to the stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is, um, you know, I have learned about a few places here. If I had more accounts in Portland, mm-hmm. I would probably start shipping to a central hub. Like, mm-hmm. there's one in the red, and uh, they deliver. Beeline. Yeah, Beeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're great. Do you yeah. use Beeline, Sarah? I don't because my dad is retired, and so he delivers all my oh, local delivery stuff. You use the Dadline? Yeah. Yes, I use Dadline. You <laughs> <laughs> should make him a big sticker for her I scar. should. Dadline right. delivery. And he loves it. It, like, you know, I mean, sometimes when people retire, they don't know exactly what to do with themselves. Hey, and so maybe we just had an idea. We could start Dadline delivery system in Portland and I employ all should. the retired dads. Yeah, we should because they love to help everybody uh, out. Like, it gives do. them a mission and life yeah, and helping. it doesn't cost me anything which is really great <laughs> mm. <laughs> but i do think beeline is awesome they do a good job okay. if you're looking for getting into portland and delivery, beeline, I think it's really they great. have a fleet of bicycles yeah do yep. you, yeah so there's bike with a trailer on it and they ride all over the city it help, yeah. helps keep your business making good yeah. environmental mm-hmm. decisions which is really awesome yeah yeah, yeah. super cool right. All right, anything else that you want to talk about or promote in our final time that we have together? Um, well, we didn't talk about scaling, so that's uh, probably what I'm facing next is okay. scaling my business. Uh, that could mean quitting my part-time job so I could have more time in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I know I must be crazy. Uh, hiring somebody. Um, and um, But I find that even after almost six years, I'm still finding ways to refine my process, and um, I don't know. We'll just we'll just have to see. It's like I don't really know. You know, it's uh, the easiest way to scale your business is just duplicate what you're already doing, okay. and so that would mean, <clears throat> like you said, hiring another person and buying double pans and whatever cookers you have, so that you can have a second person producing alongside you. Yeah. 
It's just pretty straightforward. And then as you grow, I mean, we're talking about going to large manufacturing. That's a whole different ball of wax because you're giving away part of your percentage of your margin and things really change when you have somebody manufacture for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just don't know that that's where I want to go. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like it would lose the, the value, the handmade um, quality, you mm-hmm. know, that you're getting in the bar now. And I've had people tell me that these are the best bars they've ever had. And yeah. They, I think they're really special. I mean, you can tell that they're handmade and, and that makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. so it is, if you, if you change that and decide to scale up, you would probably need to have a co-packer do it, you know, unless you want to do it all on your own. But I think I, I like the way that these are and the way that they look. And I think that you should hold on to that as long mm-hmm. as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah totally. And I was going to say, too, as far as the new packaging goes, I mean, I can see these in places like REI and any yes. kind of adventure store. Yeah. Like, that would be a good target market for you, gyms, places like that, because it's really, they're health-focused, they're great for the traveler. So I would say pitching or going and talking to places like that would be really a great fit for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. REI does have a pitch uh, competition, so to speak. It's called Innovator. Um, I don't know, Innovator Series. And Hmm. uh, they have a deadline in September. And uh, there's an application. Uh, They do require a video, a short video. So we're working on that. Oh, that's great. And uh, we definitely want to pitch to REI. Very cool. Good match. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. And we're so glad that you joined us today. And thanks for all the delicious samples. I'm so excited. That was so fun. We're lucky. I know. We we have the best morning Friday morning jobs. Yes. <laughs> so good. So we record Missoni and Marshall inside of Ned Space. Tune in live every Friday at 9 a.m. And you'll be able to find us on your favorite podcast platform soon. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you'd like to be a guest or you'd like to submit a pr- press release, you can go to startupradionetwork.com and send those to us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.